I see money as something that's far more than just a survival mechanism. I think we can start thriving if we get control of our money. Welcome to Navigation and Discovery with Cameron Singh. On today's episode, we're going to have George Camel on the podcast. Today is his exciting book launch called Breaking Free from Broke, The Ultimate Guide to More Money and Less Stress. So to tell you a little bit about who George is, George is a Ramsey personality and personal finance expert. By following Ramsey's proven money plan, George went from a negative net worth to a millionaire in under 10 years. So we're going to have an exciting conversation. We've never really talked about money on this podcast, and this is the very first conversation. So I hope you enjoy the podcast interview with George Cano. Well, George, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Really happy to have you on and congrats on your new book. Thank you so much, Cameron. It's an honor to be here. Excited to talk with you. Yeah, I'm really excited to, to have you on the podcast. I love all your social media content and uh, just seeing this book, um, Breaking Free from Broke. I'm so excited to dive into it and um, really excited for, for this discussion. Appreciate it. Let's do this. Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about the heart of the book and what made you want to write something uh, about this topic. Well, my journey uh, when it comes to money started about 10 years ago when I started taking it seriously. I graduated college. I had the big boy job and I had followed this path to this American dream and I ended up kind of with an American nightmare. That's all too common. I had student loans. I was living off of credit cards and I thought this surely can't be it. Like me just chasing a credit score and trying to get cash back. That can't be the end game. And so luckily I ran into this company called Ramsey Solutions, got my first salary job here. And I went through this course called Financial Peace University and it totally changed my paradigm around money. So I went from broke, $40,000 in debt, negative net worth to net worth millionaire in 10 years of just following this proven Ramsey plan. And so in this book, I really unpack the first two thirds are really laying out the grossness of this entire you know, financial industrial complex that's built around debt. So I talk about how the system is designed to keep us broke in those first two thirds. I cover credit scores, credit cards, student loans, auto loans, mortgages, investing traps, marketing and consumerism. And so I wanted to give people the ick where they feel like they needed a shower so that they were ready to break free from all of that and choose freedom and have more options, more margin, more joy. That's really what we're after at the end of the day. And money is an obstacle for most people instead of a tool to help them accomplish those things. So that's the heart of the book. And if, over the last 10 years of working at Ramsey Solutions and now getting to be on the Ramsey Show helping callers, broke means a lot of things to a lot of people. Some, For some, it's I'm actually broke. I don't have enough income. For some, they're making $250,000 and they're still calling going, we're broke living paycheck to paycheck. So this book is for people from all walks of life who didn't learn about money growing up, who've made money mistakes, and now they're ready to avoid those mistakes and to break free from that toxic system. Awesome. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned something good there, um, money, using money as a tool. Can you take a deep dive on what does that mean a little bit? Sure. Well, the mindset around money is, well, I got to have money to pay the bills and I just need to go make more money to pay my payments and then I'll be okay. Whereas I see money as something that's far more than just a survival mechanism. I think we can start thriving if we get control of our money. And to me, that means let's get beyond just focusing on ourselves and our own needs. 
what if we could have enough margin in our bank account that we could then look up and out for opportunities to give and be generous? We talk about on The Ramsey Show, there's only three things you can do with money. Give it, save it, and spend it. That's it. And all three are good, and you should do all three of those things. But my goal is to get to the point where giving is a priority, and I can start doing that a whole lot more than just spending frivolously on consumer stuff. And it's okay to have nice stuff, but for too many people, that nice stuff has them because there's giant payments attached to it. Yeah, so in in your book, uh, Free From Broke, uh, you, you talk about, you challenge the things that people believe about money. You call it a toxic money culture, which I think is um, a great term. So what does that mean? Well, I joke in the book that America has become the land of the free and the home of the broke. And we have an amazing, amazing country with so much opportunity, and yet we have less time and money than ever before, and inflation's crushing us all, and it's the housing market, and it's the Fed, and it's the guy in the White House. And on top of that, underlying under all of this is the system designed to keep us broke. And so that's the toxic money culture. When you look downtown, what do you see? You see big buildings that are owned by lenders and banks and credit card companies. And you guys paid for that by spending and trying to get the cash back and thinking that you're winning when really you're just a rat in the maze trying to get to the cheese. And so they're looking down going, we got them. They're really excited about this 2% cash back as they go 22% interest APR on that credit card balance. And so these are the games that I think we just need to stop playing. And so in the book, I say very jarring, controversial things like you don't need a credit score and you can use a debit card and cash and live your financial life. And so those are very countercultural, you know, principles that I've lived by for 10 years that I found helped me build wealth faster. But for so many people, there's this instant, you know, triggering emotion behind it because of how they were raised and what they believe and what their experience has been. And so my book slowly starts to create that paradigm shift where I not only use, you know, my own personal experience, but I also have tons of research tons of humor, tons of analogies to really help connect the dots here to where you go, you're right, I am, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try cutting up my credit cards and I'm going to get out of debt completely and see what my life is like. And if I hate my life on the other side, living debt free, I can always go back into debt. Mm -hmm. That's great. So what, what was it that you talked a little bit about your story? What really shifted your mindset in terms of the way uh, you look at money? Well, for starters, when you look at your own emotions around money, how are you feeling? Are you excited? Do you wake up going, I'm crushing it, I feel like I'm ahead? Or if you're like most Americans, and like I was 10 years ago, you wake up kind of anxious, this is like low grade depression and anxiety and stress about like, well, I think I can cover the bills and I think I can go out to eat and hopefully I don't overdraft, fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. That's most people. So that was the first paradigm shift. You kind of have to have this, I've had it moment where you have this never again, I work too hard to feel this broke, and you have to draw a line in the sand where you got to go, my plan's not working. Let me try someone else's plan. And, you know, we have a proven plan called the Ramsey Baby Steps. It's included in Financial Peace University. And 10 million people have followed that plan and have become debt free and have built wealth and have more peace and joy in their life. And so that was kind of I had to let go and surrender going, George's plan ain't cutting it. Let's try this one. Let's give it a shot. What's the worst thing that could happen? And so that's what I did. And as you start to deprogram and start to cut up the credit cards and you get over that hump of, oh my goodness, this is very different. This is really hard. I got to create new habits. I got to create and stick to a budget. Over time, you start to realize 
oh my gosh, my shoulders are a little a little looser. I'm standing up a little straighter. I got less stress. I'm sleeping a little better because I'm out of debt now and I have an emergency fund. And I'm investing 15% into you know my 401k plan at work. I'm on track to retire multimillionaire. That just changes your mentality for the future. Even money aside, it changes your money. It changes your mindset about your job and career and what you have to do and what you could do and where you're going to live and all the options you could have. And that's what I want for people. Most people are going, can't have kids because we got all this student loan debt. Oh, we can't buy a house because we're drowning in debt over here. And it's holding them back from living their life. And so I like to talk about money so that hopefully one day we can kind of stop talking about money and focus on what really matters. Exactly. Um, you know, there's a lot of myths out there. I know you talk a lot about that in the book is can you give us some what are some myths out there um, on money that that um, you mentioned in your book? Sure, I'll hit one on on each of those areas. So the for starters, I mentioned, you got to have the credit score to live your financial life. You can't rent a car, you can't rent a house, you can't rent a hotel, you can't buy a house, you can't get a job if you don't have the precious credit score. And that is one of the biggest myths out there. And the debt industry loves that people all believe this. So when I paid off all of my debt, six to 12 months later, after all those accounts are closed, your, your credit score becomes indeterminable. It sort of just disappears into the ether. You lose that history. And what I found was when I went to rent an apartment, they didn't care if I had a credit score. What they're looking for is if you have a bad credit score. And so people often misunderstand the difference between no credit score and a low credit score. And a low or bad credit score means we've been mismanaging money. We've missed payments. Um, we haven't paid our bills, but no credit score is very different. It just says, I don't play the debt game and therefore I don't have this magic three, three digit number that says, you know, how worthy I am of credit and living your living my life. So when I rented an apartment, they just looked at my income and I think I had to pay a slightly higher deposit that I would get back and that was it. And so that's all it takes to get an apartment and renting a car, very similar experience use your debit card, there may be a little extra hold, so have a little extra buffer in your checking, and you can rent a car. With most companies, they have a debit card policy. And then even buying a house. I bought a house and got a mortgage without a credit score. And it's through a process called manual underwriting. There's a, a loan called a no-score loan. And a Churchill Mortgage, a provider and partner we've had for many years now, they are the number one lender that focuses on these because they wanna help people who follow the Ramsey plan go, you don't have to be a part of this system to even be a homeowner. And so all that to say, you only really need a credit score if you want to go into more debt. And once I decided I was done with debt, you know, outside of the mortgage, which we just talked about, there's really no need to keep around your credit score uh, other than, I guess, a flex on your friends to be like, look at my 800, bro, while that same guy may not have 800 bucks in his bank account. So it's just a bad score of how you're doing financially. It's all about debt management, not money management. So that's just one myth that I cover in the book. Awesome. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of misconceptions and I really like some of the things that you talk about, you know, really countering the traditions, countering the culture of what um, what the talk is when it comes to money. So what do you say to people when they're like, this is this is the system, this is what it is all about. You might as well just, just deal with it. Just deal with it and just go as, as as the way you know, rather than listening to maybe some of the things that you're talking about in your book. Yeah. I mean, what they're really saying is, hey, why not just down, float downstream like the rest of us and start trying to swim upstream and make your life more difficult? And when they say that, the thing I think about is, 
Well, your life's pretty difficult now. I mean, you're living paycheck to paycheck, feeling like you can never get ahead with a whole lot of cynicism around your financial future. Why not try swimming upstream and find freedom on the other side? And once you get there, once you get out of debt and you have the emergency fund, it's really not that difficult of a life. What I found is my life is a whole lot simpler now. I mean, I literally have one debit card. I don't have to think about which credit card I'm going to use to maximize the rewards and all the bills I'm going to pay. I don't have a mortgage payment. I mean, you think about how much simpler your life gets and how much more margin you have. Swimming upstream feels like a whole lot better of a path than just floating on down with the rest of the broke people who really have no hope for their financial future. And so I tell those people, listen, you can opt out of the system. You do have a choice, but you can justify all day long why you won't do it, but don't tell me you can't because this book lays out in great detail how anyone can do this. And most people say, well, Cameron, that's great, that whole Ramsey plan stuff, but it's not for me. I don't make enough money, or I make too much money, or I've made too many money mistakes, uh, or I, I've got this figured out, I've got my own plan, and it's working for me. There's a lot of reasons why people opt out, but the greatest day of your life is the day you realize I'm not that special, I'm not that unique, I am a fallible human being who is capable of money mistakes, and we always talk about how personal finance is 80% behavior, it's only 20% head knowledge. So you can Google all day long, but if you're not doing a budget and actually paying attention to where your money's going and actually trying to invest for the future and actually create the actions that create wealth, then you're just going to wake up one day going, woe is me, hope social, hope social security saves the day. And that's what a lot of Americans are facing. They're thinking that the government is going to be their savior at $1,200 a month in social security payments. And you try living on that for one month and uh, see how far it gets you. And we get those calls all the time of people saying, I thought life was going to work out perfect. And instead, life punched me in the face. And here I am on the other side trying to pick up the pieces. George, you you and your colleagues, you encounter a lot of people that are dealing with um, issues with money or um, have gone through a process where they've shifted their budget or their mindset on money. But really, how bad is it out there when it comes to money? Oh my goodness. Well, you can look at the big numbers and then we can look at the small numbers. And the big numbers are, we are $17 trillion in debt as just as consumers. When you add up all the different types of debt, including mortgages, uh, it's real sad. I mean, even take the mortgages out, which is the big kahuna, we still have about 5 trillion. I mean, you add up the 1.5 plus trillion in student loan debt, the 1.5 trillion in auto loan debt, the 1 trillion in credit card debt, and it's easy to see why people are really feeling the pinch. And it's not really inflation. When you really look at the budget, yes, groceries are more expensive. And yes, it feels it may feel impossible to get a house. But at the end of the day, when you look at how much you're just sending in payments to lenders every month, you're going to go, oh my gosh, we make good money. The income isn't really the problem. We make $6,000 a month. The problem is we have $3,000 a month in payments going to lenders. What if you could free up $3,000 a month and give yourself a raise? That would change most people's life. And so that's what we're seeing. And we did a, a research survey on the state of personal finance. 37% of the people surveyed said they were struggling or in crisis with their finances. 43% said they had a hard time paying their bills. 50% said they struggled to pay their rent. 38% struggled to pay their mortgage. 25% said they rely on credit cards to make ends meet. And nearly four in 10 have $0 in savings. And so what this amounts to is our next stat. 51% said they worry about their personal finances daily. And that's just the ones who are honest. Over half said, this worries me. This keeps me up at night. This is a constant weight 
living rent-free in my head while I'm at work, while I'm trying to focus with my family. And that's why I want to take that worry and stress away by creating those habits so that we can actually focus at work and focus when we're at home. That is what creates a great life. Mm. How about when people face those real hardships, those strategies, those health problems, that unexpected health problems that come up, that unexpected um, job loss as well? Yeah, those are real problems. And we get those calls all the time on The Ramsey Show. Most of the calls are, hey, I'm going through something really hard and my finances are not in order. What do I do? And occasionally we'll get the call where someone says, uh, my husband just got diagnosed with cancer, but we are debt free, including the mortgage and even losing his income. We're going to be okay. And I can stay home and help take care of him through this process because we're not worried about money. That's what I want everyone to get to. Because here's the thing. It's not all daisies and, and rainbows and gumdrops. Life's going to hit us in the face. And so we're telling people, get you an emergency fund. Get out of debt. So when the you know crap hits the fan, you don't have to make payments to lenders while also dealing with grief or stress or anxiety around your life situation. So that's the best life I found is we know life's going to hit us. So why not have no payments, have money in the bank, be investing for the future and build that nest egg so that we can sleep better at night. And when those things come, instead of an emergency, and a, you know, a life crushing situation, it becomes an inconvenience and we can focus on the situation instead of the money problems. Mm. Um, I wanted to touch, you mentioned, um, you know, one thing I realize is young people today too, they, they don't look at money either seriously or they don't understand it or even want to understand it. Um, where should people, um, what advice do you have for like the millennials, the new generation that are out there on how they should look at money? Well, you know, we have access to so much information. In the palm of our hand, we can Google and find so much. The problem is there's so much noise out there now. Because as you're searching for that wealth building plan, you might stumble upon a thousand traps from whole life insurance agents trying to pitch some tax-free wealth building scheme to buy now, pay later, to, hey, we'll do debt consolidation and debt settlement to alleviate all of your problems. And so the problem is not that we don't have the information, the problem is that there's so much noise, we don't know who or what to believe, and we're being influenced by this toxic money culture. And that is why I love Financial Peace University. We just tell you the truth straight to your face. And that's what I try to do in this book is cut through all of the noise, all the distractions, all the traps, and just tell you straight up, here's what this is, here's why it's a bad idea, and here's what to do instead. We don't have that kind of clarity just by searching the internet. Because depending on who you listen to and who you saw on TikTok this week, you could be swayed in a, in a bad direction. And so that's for starters is be careful of who you're listening to in the financial world. Number two, realize that what you believe about money might need to change. Just because mom and dad did it this way or that they didn't do it this way or you didn't learn it in school or you learned the wrong things growing up, it's not too late to change. A lot of people think I've made too many mistakes so far, I just need to continue down this path. And that was me. I thought wealth was predestined and predetermined. I thought you were born into it or you'd never have it. I didn't understand that it was something that you could actually change your family tree. You could branch off and go, I'm going to be the first millionaire in my family. I'm going to be the first one to have a paid for mortgage before I die, before I retire. That's a very different way to live. And it takes, it takes having this thing called hope and it takes putting down this thing called cynicism. And that's a daily choice we have to make just to have that belief structure change in our hearts. So when we're talking about money um, in your book, Breaking Free from Broke, um, I know we talked, you talked about advice for young people, but 
for the the general population that is uh, listening out here, um, where do people start in terms of um, where is it that people start when we talk about money? Absolutely. Well, for starters, I like to use a financial mirror that shows us the reality of where we're at. That's the first thing you need to do. A lot of people, they they look at their bank account, and uh, I saw this great video, and this girl said, I don't look at my bank account because I don't need that negative energy in my life. And I went, that's the mentality of so many people. It's funny, but it's also sad because we go, I'm just going to ignore that. I'm going to put my bury my head in the sand and just hope I don't overdraft, and I'll worry about that later. Let me go eat out and DoorDash and go out with my friends and have a good time. I'll worry about the debt later. Mm-hmm. Instead, what you have to do is pull up that financial mirror. And the best way to do that is by creating a budget. And lucky for you guys that listening out there, you don't have to pull out an Excel spreadsheet or a yellow pad. We have an amazing app called Every Dollar, and it's the app that I use to do my daily budget. My wife is logged in as well on her phone. We have it with us wherever we go, and it's all digital. And so we list out our income, then we list out our expenses. And the goal here, there's a little game you play where the income minus the expenses should equal zero. And that doesn't mean you have zero dollars in the bank account. It means that you've assigned every single dollar from that income a job to do, whether that's pay the bills, pay off the debt. And so you want to make sure that no dollars are left behind to where they just sort of flutter out and they go to Target and Amazon and make Jeff Bezos richer. And so that's the key is creating that budget. And from there, we now have the baby steps to give us a filter for the plan we're going to take. So baby step one, $1,000 starter emergency fund. Once we have a thousand bucks, move on to baby step two, pay off all consumer debt using the debt snowball method. Smallest to largest balance, minimum payments on all of them except for that small one, attack that little one with a vengeance, and the snowball starts to roll as you free up the payments. Once you're out of debt, now in that budget, you have more margin because you don't have payments. Now we're gonna start saving up three to six months of expenses in a fully funded emergency fund. And most people do that in about six months. And so to go from zero to where you have no debt in an emergency fund, for most people, get this, it takes about a it takes about two to two and a half years for most people. Now they, that may sound like an eternity for some people listening out there, but guess what? Two years from now, you're gonna wake up and go, oh yeah, I remember I listened to that podcast where that guy was telling me about how I could be debt free in two years. Mm. The time is gonna pass. And so you gotta decide, where do I wanna be two and a half years from now? Do I wanna be where I am or do I wanna be debt free with an emergency fund? And that brings us to step four. We begin investing 15% into retirement. While we do that, we're starting to save for the kids' college. And then any money left over, we start attacking the mortgage, pay that off early, which gets us to baby step seven, where we build wealth and give. And so you can see how the budget becomes your daily plan for how you're going to reach those long-term goals. Because you got to know how much money do we have left over after investing and paying for the kids' college to even throw at the mortgage. And are we tracking that to make sure we actually follow through with that plan? And so that's the plan that I followed to go from broke to millionaire. My wife works at Ramsey and getting someone who's on board is the key. If you're married and your spouse is on a totally different page when it comes to finances, you need to have a hard conversation. And the best tool I found is to go through financial peace together as a couple because it creates this shared knowledge base, this common language that we can now use that we've never had before. Because we, you know, spouses grew up in totally different households with totally different economic backgrounds and financial principles. And so it's going to be normal to have these fights and go, I'm not used to that. My family grew up doing it this way. But if you want to win with money, you have to have two people who are heading in the same direction on the same page. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that just comes to mind is we talk about where you mentioned, you know, the Amazon, the Target, and there's this 
mindset where, oh, I want the next thing. I want the nice next shoes, the nice next next iPad or whatever that might be. Um, how do you, how does one, or how do you talk about in your book, how do you balance like the worldly pleasures to uh, prioritizing uh, money? Because I feel like this is really not at the forefront of a lot of people. For me, it's not right now, as, as we're, we're talking about it's probably kind of in the medium priority level. Yeah, no, that's huge. Marketing and consumerism, I have a whole chapter on, on that and how companies are going after our money through so many different ways. And a lot of it's psychology and a lot of it's brand association. And a lot of it is just instilling this kind of fear in us and this idea that, hey, you're not good enough. What you really need is our product. Man, if you just had that one thing, you would finally be happy. And then what happens? We get the thing. We're happier for about a millisecond, and then it sits in the closet with tags still on it. And so I show people in the in a later chapter called Spending a Self-Control how to break free from that but through a, a really simple filter. It's five questions, and it spells out the word SMART, S-M-A-R-T. The S is for self-awareness. Will this add real value and utility to my life? If you can say yes, move on to the M for motive. Am I buying this for the right reason? Is this, is this emotional? Is this retail therapy? Do I need to put up some boundaries with family because I'm being pressured in a weird way? If you can say, yes, I'm buying it for the right reason, you move on to the A for affordability. Is this in my budget? That's the most powerful one because Americans wouldn't be in debt if they answered this correctly. If we just said, oh, we don't have the money. Yeah, we're not going to do it. No, we're not going to borrow money for this. We said we're, not, we're a family who does not borrow money. And then if you say yes to that, it's in the budget, then we can move on to the R for research. Is this the best option, the best retailer, and the best price? Most people, they buy impulsively. We see it on Instagram in an ad, we swipe up, and it's, at, it's in the cart, and it's showing up at our door. Mm -hmm. If you just take the time to go, you know what, let me just Google around and see if that's actually a good deal. Let me wait until that Black Friday sale coming up and uh, make sure that this is the right option for me right now. And if you do that, you move on to the T for timing. Is now the time to buy it? This is about opportunity cost. If we spend $5,000 on the vacation, then we may not be able to fully fund the Roth IRA for the year and retire with dignity. And that's what you're getting at is how do we balance this saving for the future while living our life right now? And that's where the budget is so helpful. We have a line item in our budget for fun and for entertainment, and we allocate a certain amount to that. So the budget is actually permission to spend. It's not a straitjacket. You get to tell the budget what to do. But... You don't get to have all the fun until we've kind of ate our vegetables and we're out of debt. We have the emergency fund. Then we can start to, you know, release, uh, pump the brakes a little bit and go, okay, we can enjoy life a little bit. And so that's where vacations can start coming back in. We can increase the clothing budget. We can increase the entertainment budget. And that's been very helpful for me is to have the budget tell me, hey, you're good. Go enjoy it. You set the money aside. You've earned it. Go spend it. And so I'm not against spending. It's when we do it carelessly with impulse and let marketing and companies tell us what we need rather than it coming from us. Uh, what, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, because growing up in the workforce, um, I learned that uh, many really don't have an understanding of what a 401k is and even the value of it and why it's so important. And I really like what you and your team uh, talk about when it comes to 401k. Um, so can you just talk about a little bit about that briefly? Oh, absolutely. You know, we did the largest study of millionaires ever done in North America, over 10,000 of them. And what was really cool is we asked them, hey, what was the number one vehicle that helped you get to a net worth millionaire status? And guess what they said? An employer-sponsored retirement plan. It was that boring. They were like, the 401k was the ticket. 
And for many out there, they may have a different version. It might be a TSP, a thrift savings plan. If you're military or government, it may be a 403B if you work for a nonprofit or if you're a teacher. But these retirement plans are amazing because they're tax advantaged, which means you're going to put money in, that money's going to grow. And then when you take it out, if it's a traditional account, you'll then pay taxes on it. But with a Roth account, which is my favorite version of this, a Roth 401k, a Roth 4, if you see that word, it's amazing because what that means is, hey, we're going to pay with after-tax dollars, which means we've already paid Uncle Sam up front. <laughs> we paid his fee. Now that money can grow tax-free and we can withdraw that money tax-free in retirement. So guess what that means? If you have a million dollars in a Roth 401k at 62, that's a million dollars that you actually have that you can use without Uncle Sam ever touching it. So imagine that like you have a million dollars in take-home pay sitting there ready in your nest egg to help you live your best life. So the 401k is a great tool. Another one is the IRA. If you don't have an employer-sponsored retirement plan, an IRA is an individual retirement arrangement. And this is a plan outside of retirement that you know anyone can contribute to. And it also has a Roth version. And so the Roth IRA is great. It will have smaller contribution limits than your traditional, you know, your 401ks and those retirement plans. But this is a great tool to utilize because you have total control of this. You get to choose what goes inside of that, what you invest in, what mutual funds, and uh, it's it's outside of your employer. So you don't have to worry about if I switch employers, what's going to happen. And those two components are really all you need to become a millionaire. You don't need to be a genius. You don't need to be an entrepreneur. You can be a W-2 employee and have a great life and retire a multimillionaire just from those two things. In addition, of course, to your book, um, what are some resources that people should should seek out to really learn and understand more about money? Oh, absolutely. Then the number one, if you like video and you like to go through a course, Financial Peace University is the flagship money course that uh, is has helped millions of people. So I would encourage you, you can go to RamseySolutions.com slash FPU and check that out. And I encourage you to do that, especially if you're like, I got a spouse who's not on board and they're willing to make some changes, but we don't know what to do. I'm not an expert. I can't teach them. Go through this course. The other resource is Every Dollar. It's our free budgeting app. There's also a premium version, which has some really cool extra features. But that's the other thing that you've got to download on your phone and look at You know, every day, every other day, track your transactions and make sure that you're on track to hit your financial goals. So those are two big things. There's a course, and then there's that money tool that you use every day. And of course, a great resource is this book to help create that paradigm shift and hit every objection I've heard over the last decade as to why you're not going to do this plan and the ho- the hangups that people have with following it and how to kind of overcome that with a lot of research and a lot of, uh, you know, experiential anecdotes of here's people who did it, here's how I did it, and here's how you can too. And I think pe- what people really need more than ever today in this crazy world is hope. Yeah. It sounds hokey and it sounds cheesy, but when you look at the news, there's not a lot of that. It's the economy is crashing and the dollar is going to get devalued and you should all buy gold and whole life insurance and there's no hope. <laughs> and I just say to those people, if you just turned off the news and lived your life and went to work and connected with your family and your friends and community and just got on a budget and got out of debt, it's amazing how much headlines don't affect you anymore. It's amazing how the president's decisions don't affect my life anymore. And so that's what I want to encourage everyone with is you have control over your life. You have autonomy and agency over your life, but you have to choose it. And then you got to choose it the next day and the next day. And it's not always fun, but it is so freeing on the other side when you can just wake up and go, I got options. I don't have to keep this job that I hate anymore. 
I can go leave because I got the emergency fund. Hey, the HVAC went out and we just wrote a check and covered it. We didn't have to go into debt and put it on the credit card again. Man, that's a cool feeling. We don't have a car payment. How cool is that? Imagine what we can do when that thing drives differently because we own it and it doesn't own us. And that's the freedom that I want people to feel as they walk away from reading this book and following the Ramsey plan and listening to the Ramsey show is just a little bit of hope that where they are today doesn't have to be where they end up. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, George. I really enjoyed this conversation and I really hope those that are listening go out and get this book, Breaking Free from Broke. And if you're looking for the link, the link is in the podcast description on whichever platform that you're listening on. And um, so thank you so much, George, for your time and for pouring into our, our listeners here. It's an honor. Thanks for helping us spread this message, Cameron. You're doing great work. Well, I hope you enjoyed this interview with George Campbell. And if you're interested in getting a copy of his book, Breaking Free from Broke, you can go ahead on Amazon or go to RamseySolutions.com. And those links are in the podcast description or if you're watching this on YouTube, it's in. you can look down below and find the link to order the book. So I really hope this podcast interview really added value. I know this was different conversation talking about money, but that's the whole purpose of this podcast is to bring people from various backgrounds and talk about different topics. And I hope that this interview added value to you and you were able to learn uh, something and also uh, further educate yourself on financial literacy. And if you want to find out more, some there's some more awesome guests that we've had on so far on Navigation and Discovery with Cameron Singh. You can go to uh, whichever platform that you're listening on and go and subscribe and look at the previous awesome guests that we've had. And also, if you want to get a copy of my book that I came out with, Navigation and Discovery, A Path of Navigating and discovering through your journey of faith. It's a little taste of my story and my journey of navigating through life, through high school and my college years, and how I navigated through entering the workforce and really set myself up for a trajectory for growth. And so this is awesome if you're a young person, emerging leader, a student, or someone that's really just trying to find some direction and learn for someone that has gone through it. And if you want to go and get your copy today in any format, or you want to gift a copy, you can go to CameronSing.com and go ahead. All the details are on that website. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to Navigation and Discovery with Cameron Singh. Feel free to subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on. Go ahead and also check out my brand new YouTube channel, which is all the videos for the guests that I've had are up. And also don't forget to leave a review or you can send me a message, singcameron at outlook.com. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next episode.